Homeschool.com, America's leading source for homeschooling information, recorded this live interview as part of our free homeschooling teleconference series. If you would like to receive the schedule for upcoming teleconferences, please send an email to advisor at homeschool.com. So welcome back, everyone. Our next interview is on the self-teaching method of homeschooling. We'll be speaking with Joanne Calderwood. Joanne has eight children, and she and her husband, Tim, both work full-time and run a home business. Her oldest son, Nick, scored a 35 out of 36 on the ACT exam after his freshman year in high school, and his SAT score is 1,520. He is currently 16, and he is vying for one of six full scholarships to the college of his choice. He has been personally invited to visit every Ivy League school in the nation, not to mention all manner of other universities, and her other children are not far behind. So now you know why we've invited Joanne Calderwood here. She swears that she doesn't have genius children. It's the method of homeschooling that she's using. So in this interview, Joanne will tell you how you and your children can also become self-teaching and in a relatively short time. So uh, welcome, Joanne. Well, thank you, Ms. Rebecca. It is, it's an honor to be here. I appreciate it very much, and I look thank forward to sharing um, information and um, answering anything that I can. Wonderful. It sounds like we'll try to open up the call as much as we can so you okay. can speak directly with our uh, listeners. Okay, sure, absolutely. Now, the best place to start is with the results you have witnessed in your own students, your own children to date. Uh, where are your children today? What achievements have been recognized as a direct result of using the self-teaching method? <laughs> That's a great question to start with. Um, if I may, um, before I answer that, just to mention that I'm a, a former elementary education teacher, and um, I have been homeschooling, well, my husband and I both have been homeschooling for about Mm-hmm, close to 14 years now. We've always homeschooled them um, and uh, never had the desire to put them on a school bus or send them anywhere. But um, So we've been doing this for quite some time, and the self-teaching method has been part of our lives for about seven years now. And that's just been long enough for most of my children to become self-teaching. And we'll talk more about exactly what that is and what that isn't. Um, now your children are ages 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 15, and 16. You know, I had to write that down <laughs> because they change so fast, but that is correct. That is so, correct. So you really are covering um, elementary, middle school, and high school, and you're teaching multiple children at the same time. Absolutely. And that's why self-teaching can be such a benefit to homeschool families, especially larger families who um, I know we've got probably lots of listeners who are mothers of multiples, um, and you wonder, okay, I cannot sit down with, you know, my, my three older ones while I'm nursing a baby and, and that sort of thing. Self-teaching is a methodology that came to us 
through a need. But just to get back to your first question, um, self-teaching allows you to have homeschooling freedom. And we'll talk about the homeschooling freedom um, a little bit more in depth. But it really is. My life has never been easier, even though I've got seven children who homeschool and my husband and I work full-time. And as Rebecca said, um, we do own and operate a business we've had for about eight years now. And it's all a result of the homeschool method. Now, um, she mentioned my oldest son, Nicholas, and um, and I do want to reiterate that my children are not geniuses, but through the methodology of self-teaching, it opens up a whole new world for students. And we'll go into that uh, in more detail if you'd like to um, down the line. But first of all, um, Nicholas, when he finished his freshman year, he wanted to take the ACT. And I was like, are you sure you really want to take the ACT? Nicholas is your oldest, your 16-year-old. Right, yes, that's correct. And he was 14, and he just decided he wanted to see how, you know, just get a, a feel for one of the college board exams. And so he um, signed himself up for the ACT. Uh, results came back. While the grandparents were here, <laughs> which was incredible, uh, but I <laughs> remember the day. Cause. Oh, yes. Um, not that they haven't been supportive, but they are teachers as well. And they've just kind of been standing back, taking a look to see how things are going to turn out. And um, my son's uh, grandfather is a, or had been a guidance counselor. And so when Nick's results came in the mail, of course, Nick was all his hands were a little bit shaky and he was excited to see how he did. And he took a look at the results um, on the, on the form and he was like, hmm. I, I, this doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand where my grade is. And his grandfather was looking over his shoulder, and his eyes were really, really big. So I ran around to the other side of the table and took a look and at the composite, and he had received a 35 out of 36. So there was great rejoicing in our household, only because, and as many of you, we'll talk about testing too, but, you know, testing does give you a good feel for how you're doing as a teacher. So or information for you, don't you think that what you're doing is working? Exactly, exactly. No matter what methodology you're using, um, scores will reflect how you're doing, and you know that can be a good thing, and that can be a bad thing if you get too caught up in it. But, but that was Nicholas. Uh, he just recently, in October, took the um, the PSAT, which is the test you take in your junior year to qualify you as a National Merit Scholarship finalist or semifinalist. And the highest score you can achieve is a 240. And we just got his results back in a couple of weeks ago, and he got a 238. So that is um, consistent with how he did on the ACT. And, of course, with his SAT scores, um, they were right in the same ballpark. In fact, he's taken the highest he's gotten ever on an SAT was a – I'm looking for it here because I've got several scores written down. We're going um, to have to have you back to talk about test prep, obviously. <laughs> well, I've, I've, I do have a lot of information on that, too. But, like I said, I just wanted to give you a brief info. Um, the highest that he's uh, achieved is a 1590 on the SAT, and a 1600 is perfect score. Now, Lauren, who is my number two child, she is 15. But um, when she started ninth grade last year, she decided she wanted to take a practice test, and uh, what well, wasn't practice? She suddenly she took it at the local school, and um, she got a uh, 1340 the first time she took it, and that is enough 
to get a full-ride scholarship, including books, to several, several schools, even close to us. Um, so, and, and there she is. She was 15, and she had, um, I believe she was beginning Algebra 2. So she had Algebra 1 under her belt. But, but see, the self-teaching method doesn't require you know everything. It requires that you know how to think and how to find answers out for yourself. And that's the, the great benefit for it. Um, it frees the parents up. And not that I want to be free from schooling them, but we've, this just works so much better. And um, Lauren's ACT score was a 28 when she was in ninth grade, which is a very, very good score. Uh, and my third son, Taylor, who is in eighth grade, um, he has scored um, just under 1,200, and he's just starting Algebra 1. So... You, know, you can see they haven't had the broad range of courses that students, you know, when you take an SAT test, you're vying against juniors uh, and sometimes seniors uh, across the nation. And so, well, Are they for, just good test takers or is this mm -hmm. an indication that they really have been learning something in their home mm -hmm. school? Yeah, it's both. It's both, um, definitely. Um, Self-taught self, self students are good test takers because they – they know how to think, think of through. Course, in a test-crazy world, so that sure is a good skill yeah. to have. Yeah, although that's, um, you know, that's not the bottom line for my children. Um, is not, it's not all about test scores, certainly for college, um, and I can speak on that if we have time, but for colleges, I've done a lot of research, um, spoken to a lot of uh, counselors, admissions counselors at Ivy League schools to find out, you know, what are you looking for in a homeschooler? when they come in to interview. So that might be something for a different time, but just to, to throw into the mix there, it as far as going on to college, it is about your scores. But in our household, it's not about scores. Um, scores are great, um, but it's the methodology, it's the character building, and that sort of thing that arises through the self-teaching method. So you probably would like to know what the self-teaching method is, huh? Can you give us a, a brief introduction? <laughs> sure, I sure can. I'd be happy to. Um, simply stated, self-teaching or self-learning is going to require the ability for your student to work independently. Um, self-taught students basically are motivated by a sense of a job well done, and that is built into them uh, when you start them at a younger age. Uh, like second grade, third graders. That's when you can really start, um, even first and kindergartners, you can start to, you know, push them to become more and more um, self-teaching. Um, they're self-motivated because they have the confidence that if they don't know an answer to a question, they know how to find the resources available to get that answer. Um, Self-taught students often will complete coursework in a fraction of the time, that it would take to finish in a teacher-directed uh, environment. For example, you know, um, I listened to Christopher uh, Paolini yesterday, his interview, and that's exactly what he uh, was saying he did. He would just immerse himself in math and finish a math book in two weeks. And I was listening to him going, <laughs> because that's exactly what um, you can do when you have the freedom, when your children have the freedom to be, uh, self-learners. Um, and what self-teaching is not, though, it's not letting them set the course. You know, you do need to plan out what you want them to study, especially at a younger age. 
So self-teaching um, is not unschooling. Right. It is definitely it is definitely not unschooling. There is a um, I encourage goal setting, but quarterly. You know, it's not a heavy duty thing. It's something you do quarterly with each student and let them set the goals. And you know, uh, they <laughs> if they set the goals a little bit too low, for example, if I say, okay, how many um, GA Henty books do you think you can read this semester? And if my fourth grader says, um, one, <laughs> I'm going to say, no, 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 that's not good enough. Stretch and yourself it, a little bit. I'm sorry? You, you'll say to him, stretch yourself a little exactly. bit. Exactly. And they wouldn't say that. Actually, they tend to do the, the opposite. They tend to set the goals higher than I would if I were going to suggest something to them. So I've learned I don't even suggest. I just let them say, and they do a little thinking. And we'll talk about planning, if you'd like me to, later on. How do you plan out? a self-teaching year, and there's definitely a methodology to it, but the beauty of self-teaching is you can take the curriculum you use right now, and you can use it um, to uh, enable your child to be self-teaching with that curriculum. Um, With my research that I've done over the past three or four years, basically the only methodology that is not entirely suitable to the self-teaching method would be something like unit studies with KONOS where um, it's it's very um, parent hands-on. You know, you're having fiestas and looking, you know, doing things together. And that's, you know, that's a great methodology. If it works for you and your family, that's awesome. Um, But we found, you know, the more that worked for us while we had about two or three children. After number four, (laughs) then it became a little bit um, difficult to spend one-on-one time. Now, self-teaching does not deny your children yourself. I mean, um, even though I do work out of the home, um, I am still here in the mornings. I work uh, evenings, so I'm here to help my children and guide them. But um, just to let you know, um, what we're doing is we are taking our children's minds and we're taking the uh, curriculum that you personally, as a parent, have figured is, is the best for them where they are right now and we combine the two and let the child experience the success of being self-taught. Is self-teaching for everyone? Um, who can self-teach mm-hmm. and where is it mm-hmm. done? Basically, self-teaching is for everyone. The only, um, perhaps, is, I mean, if you have a special needs child, that's going to be a different category. It might just take longer. That's not to say a, a special needs child cannot learn to become self-teaching. But then you have the the reverse, the converse of that. Um, I have a friend who told me that her fourth grader requires her to sit beside her while she does her math every day. And I have said, you know what? That is ridiculous. There is no reason why you should be sitting beside your child every day with them, I mean, if they need help, hands-on, here and there with explanations, that sort of thing. Once they are into the self-teaching method, I'm not talking about starting out, but once they are self-learners, you're not going to be sitting beside them and pulling teeth to get them to do that math. Um, if you ask um, any of my children, uh, and I do this at the beginning of every year, I'll say, okay, guys, especially the ones who are similar in age, like I have two boys who are just a year and a half apart, do y'all want to do science together this year? Um, no, ma'am. <laughs> they want to work on their own um, because they can go at their own pace. 
and they can achieve more. And it's there's it's, it's not a competitive environment here in our home. It's it's not competitive. They work at the, although I do ask them their math scores on a daily basis, and um, and we'll talk about. I do have some specific cornerstones of our homeschool. Um, which I think in order to have a solid self-teaching um, ability in your home, you have to um, have these certain tenets as a parent. And will you uh, share some of your resources later on, too? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, why would our listeners uh, want to homeschool their children in the self-teaching method? And incidentally, I can tell you that you have more people on your call right now than we had with Stephen Covey. You have the most of any interview so far this oh week. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Obviously, that is there's so a great humbling. deal of interest in this topic. Oh, well, I just, I'm just so excited because um, every time I do a workshop, I just, I just get so excited because homeschooling, so many parents get burned out. And I can say I was burned out before the self-teaching method. I mean, there might be some listeners who are going, who can identify with me, um, you know, if you even have one child or, or two, when you're, say you're pregnant with your second child and your first child is four or five years old, you're trying to, you know, get them started in homeschooling. Even though a four or five year old doesn't require much more than a half an hour a day, still I remember being nauseated on the couch going, with my older ones going, okay, what do you want us to do in math today? And I'd be saying, I don't care, whatever, do something. And it just, it wasn't working. We were losing time. Frazzled, tired, and burned out. Uh, Exactly. So self-teaching takes away that. It takes away the burden. Um, The subtitle to my workshops uh, is, I'm the mom. I don't have to know calculus. And that is the crux of the whole thing is my older kids, uh, I mean, my children have a series of things to learn. But please don't ask me when Queen Elizabeth lived because I don't know. (laughs) But if I have a student who's studying that era and I ask them when Queen Elizabeth lived and they don't tell me, then, you know, of course I'd be shocked because they do retain information very well when they're not, you know, in a pressurized situation. But um, take a closer look at what happens when a child becomes a self-learner and that kind of addresses your why would we want our kids to be self-teaching? You know, um, first of all, your child will become an independent thinker, guaranteed. They will learn to accept responsibility. Now, you heard the word learn there. If they're learning it, somebody's going to have to teach it. And guess who that is? That's going to be us as parents. We're going to have to teach our children how to accept the responsibility and also allow them the freedom to learn. Because a lot of parents, like me, as a, a I taught fourth grade, and when I came home and was uh, teaching my children at home, I brought the, the classroom, imported it into my home, and it worked for a couple of children's work, but after that, it didn't work. I couldn't do the one-on-one, and there was no reason for it, um, as I found out later. And my poor child number one, child number two, <laughs> they were my guinea pigs as far as they'd been through the gambit of things, but... You would have enjoyed uh, yesterday's interview with Oliver DeMille on the Thomas Jefferson method. Oh. He said the same thing. He says there is, uh, the only type of learning is self-learning. Exactly. It sticks with, with the child. And also to raise them, if you raise them to be self-teaching, they are going to, that's going to carry over. And we can talk about that. Um, I've got some specific examples of how it's carried over into my own children's lives. They, I've got two entrepreneurial <laughs> My oldest, too, um, it just 
spills over into, you know, areas of interest, and then they look at um, where they can go from there. But, okay, so we've got learning to accept responsibility. That's what they will, that's a result, a benefit. Um, they will get the freedom to learn without, I say without restrictions, meaning you will have restrictions that you place on them, um, but it's definitely not going to be don't go past page 90, okay? You're going to let them go. You know, you're not going to restrict their learning. Um, they can go at their own pace. They can go as fast mm-hmm. as they want. Exactly, exactly. And they'll also earn accountability in your eyes and in their eyes, and it builds their self, self-esteem. We'll talk about record-keeping. Record-keeping for the child is motivating, and I um, stress for the child to be the record-keeper um, early on. Uh, and it's kind of, this is divided into two different sections because you have the your children you're starting out to bring them uh, along into the self-teaching method. You're going to... Back to record-keeping, Joanne, I, as you know, uh, Homes.com, we love your your planner, your homeschool planner. We include it as our Getting Started Kit, and I think we should start um, selling it individually, too. Just describe them what the planner looks like okay. because they can do it on their own calendar, but the planner is nice because it's one per child. It is, exactly, and um, we're very excited. Um, we came up with these last year, um, but we didn't get them on the Internet <laughs> uh, on our website. Um, in fact, we're still working on that and plan to have it done by the end of the week, um, but it's called the Essential High School Student Planner, oh. and it takes what's in – it's everything that's in the Homeschool Student Planner. However, it does have specialized planning pages, for parents, like when I um, had a ninth grader, I was terrified. I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I teach them when? Well, the high school essential high school planner has everything necessary in there um, for um, devising courses of study, um, and all that will be on the website by the end of the week. But um, one of the best things that you can do, as far as an admissions representative a point of view, when they are looking at homeschoolers. They want to know what books have you used, um, what curriculum you have have you used, and we have uh, a course of study record sheets, plenty of them in each planner to get you through a year where you would just you know basically write down the book that was used and blah 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 blah, um, the grade and um, that sort of thing. So you have a portfolio. You will have four of them if you start in ninth grade. You will have four portfolios to take into the admissions representative and say, this is what we've done. And um, it also gives you a place to um, to write down volunteer activities, extracurricular, you know, that well-rounded type of thing that they like to see um, is important. Um, and also there's a, a rather large portion in the specialized page, planning pages that's devoted to the different college boards exams as well as the GED because it's, it's, it's just a huge question mark for a lot of parents when they, they think, gosh, I don't want to put my, I, I don't think I want to homeschool in high school because I don't know how. Oh gosh, if we could just turn that trend around, that would be fact, awesome. I've seen the reverse of that trend, Joanne. We have now, um, more, uh, high schoolers in our resource guide. High school is the third most popular category and in our oh. article library. The uh, high school articles are being accessed more than any other type. Yeah, because yeah, folks, I mean, we yeah. do want to we do want to uh, take them through high school at home, but a lot of parents are afraid and think I can't do this. And so many benefits too. It, it's so fast. 
Yeah. Oh, yes, exactly. I mean, dual enrollment, mm-hmm. clapping out of classes. I mean, mm-hmm. so smart. You can save time and money. And Nicholas could graduate the end of this year. Um, in fact, he was looking into that. And um, we have been looking at colleges. Um, oh, oh, gosh. I don't even want to go there. Every day when the mail comes, it's like, oh, no. Um, who are we hearing Another from today? Letter? I'm sorry? Every day are you receiving another acceptance letter? Well, not necessarily acceptance letters, um, but please, please, uh, we're very interested. What, see, what, what happens is when you take the college boards, your name is automatically um, put on a list that the college boards keep. And then schools pay the college boards lots and lots of money to get lists of their high-ranking students. Ah. And so if your child is a high achiever, you are going to get just bukus of information um, however, you high achiever, you mean high test taker. Right, right, that exactly. Point, they, have, they don't know about his portfolio mm-hmm. yet. They're going off of those ACT and SAT test scores. Right, and those, and, and I'll say it again, um, two ways. First of all, the most important thing in the high school years, if your child is going off to college and you want them to get the best scholarship possible, get into the best school, it's about those test scores. It is all about those test scores. The well-rounded type thing is secondary um, because a lot of, like the Ivy League schools, um, I talked to Yale uh, admissions rep, and she said, we are not, we don't even do private interviews. We're just looking at your son's record and his transcript. So, you know, they don't even care about the extracurriculars necessarily. They're looking at the scores. And it used to be that the fact that you were a homeschooler gave you special attention, but now there are so many homeschoolers applying I've heard that you're just, you know, one among the masses now. Yes, and in some cases, um, you might find an, um, an admissions uh, counselor say, okay, they're going to want a little more information from you because you're a homeschooler. And I, I take, have taken exception to that with one particular counselor because I said, wait a minute, we basically, we're considered to be a private school because we have, we're under an umbrella school. So I, I don't feel that it's fair, even if we were, quote, homeschoolers under Tennessee law, for you to require me to present you with more information than, a, you know, a normal, normal, <laughs> I hate to use that word, but, um, you know, a, someone who's coming out of the high school um, system from the public school. But then it was explained, and I understand that there are different kinds of homeschooling parents, some parents who are a lot more lax. However, I, I my point to him was, Look at the scores. Isn't that what you're going by? If you're going by the scores, why are you going to want me to show you every single thing he has ever studied? You know, and he was like, you're right, you're right. But just to give you a heads up, some admissions counselors in the smaller schools, um, even like Wake Forest, um, they're going to want a little bit more. That's where the portfolio comes in handy because you've got everything um, they've ever done now the height or the original student planners that we sell that uh, Rebecca was talking about, that is what came about from our need in our family for record keeping. We were doing the self teaching, but how do you know what your children are learning? In fact, how do you know they're learning anything? How do you know? Well, um, the homeschool student planner um, we've been uh, publishing and selling for. I think it's our fifth year. With uh, and it comes in six different editions, uh, meaning different um, kinds, flora, fauna, space, sports, to fit different needs. But the whole purpose of the Homeschool Student Planner is to give you a place 
to record what your student has done. Now, if you were to take a look at one of these planners, it's it gives you information on a, um, a parent-directed course of study and student-directed. Now, with my first and second grader, well, my first grader, she is parent-directed. I take her planner. I write down what I want her to accomplish. However, she can read, and when she's done with it, she can cross it off and bring me her work or, or take it to her um, one of her brothers and sisters who actually checks the work for her when I'm at home. And she feels great because she looks at this and she's done all this work today. So that's parent-directed where I sit down and I'll go a week at a time and talk with her. And if there's something, well, I'll get this with the older, when, with the older group of, of children, probably my, from my fourth grader on up, they're totally self-teaching. Now, that doesn't mean they don't ever have questions. If they have questions, this is one of the benefits. They know, okay, I've got resources. If it's a math question, their dad's brain may be their resource. It's not going to be my, my brain if it's math. But, um, you know, they've got, um, they've got answer keys for um, self-teaching. Um, you give them the books. You help them set their course of study. Um, and that's where the homeschool student planner helps you uh, break it up into different nine-week periods if you want. It's totally undated, so it can be used um, no matter what time. Um, I've already gotten orders in January, so I know there are a lot of folks who start in at the beginning of the year of January, the calendar year. But anyway, all that to say, um, where was I going? Um, in fact, Joanne, why don't we open up the call and take some questions? Okay. Um, someone requested right beforehand that we have a half hour of back and forth. I know okay. there's a lot of people on the line, but I know there are going to be some great questions for you. Do you mind if we do that? Well, may I just make one more statement? And then, yes, please. Then let's go with that. Sure. Um, the answer to how to um, how to start the self-teaching, what I recommend um, once you've eased your children into it is you give your students the materials, you give them the answer keys, you step back, and you watch what happens. And you will, I guarantee, you will be amazed at what they do, um, how can they progress. Can you start any time? Do you have to always have been doing it, or can you start with a 15-year-old or a 12-year-old? Mm -hmm. You can start at any level. However, the hardest, and I'll probably get questions on this, The I think the hardest um, to bring into the self-teaching method, the hardest um, type of child would be one that you just pulled out of public school because they are set on that teacher-directed method instead of, Parent directed leading to self directed. They're used to being told what to do all the time. Right, and they're not used to thinking on their own. So, are there any negatives to this method? I mean, that's <laughs> perfect, I assume. You know what the negative is that I've found is you have to be careful because your children may become smarter than you are. <laughs> not that they'll rub it in or anything, but this is sort of true in my household. Like I said, nobody's going to waste their time asking me a mathematics question. The resource of choice is going to be one of their older siblings uh, or their dad. Or, But you know what? That is so much better than me as a, as a mom. And I know there are a lot of moms and dads, excuse me, too, out there who are probably thinking, my child's struggling with algebra. I don't remember a thing about algebra. What do we do? Well, if they've been self-teaching, um, I know, the, for example, the Saxon method is very self-teaching. Once they get to algebra, um, 
you know, they've, they've already grasped it, but to jump into it, that's something different. And there is, um, uh, there are some very important things, um, that you need to make sh- that, that really are prerequisites. But if you want to open it up, um, we can talk about prerequisites to this if anybody would like to. But just wherever you want to go, I'm ready. Thanks very much. I appreciate that. Sure. Okay, sure. callers, lots of people on the call. Uh, please press star six to mute your phone now. That'll keep the noise down, and that way you don't have to worry about us hearing you wash dishes or having the kids in the back <laughs> either. It gives you more privacy, and it'll make it easier for everyone. Uh, Joanne, if, the, if there's any difficulty in um, hearing the question, I'll repeat it to make sure we have it clear for the recording. Okay, absolutely fine. Great. Okay, here we go. Question number one, please, for Joanne Calderwood, talking about the self-teaching method. Joanne? Yes, go ahead. We can hear you. Hello? Yes, go ahead. What curriculum you use? What kind do we use? Yes. That's a very good question. Joanne, let me repeat that. Sure. She asked, what type of curriculum do you use? I knew that question was going to come up, didn't you? Uh, I knew that question was going to come up. (laughs) Well, what we personally use um, is kind of a mishmash, um, eclectic, I guess you might say. Uh, but, for example, um, for history, science, we do use a Becca in the younger years and language a Becca. Um, I love Saxon math um, from Saxon 5-4 on up through. You might find um, several, all my children, as they, the older ones, I say all, meaning the ones who have um, gotten past Saxon 5-4, there's always a book they can skip because they, Saxon is like that. It's, they, they do have one book that kind of does repeat. But anyway, um, we use Saxon math with the younger children. Um, like I said, I use a lot of Abeka language phonics. Um, I do like um, Christian Liberty Press spelling because it's more advanced. It's a little bit more difficult. Now, with the younger children in math, I recommend Modern Curriculum Press to everybody that I talk to. Um, I know there, there there are children who need hands-on. The math you see, that sort of thing, that's great um, for the child who needs the hands-on. But just, you know, your basic learner who can, you know, take a textbook and, and look at the problems and, and read the, the information that's there and then go with it. Modern Curriculum Press Mathematics, we use up through uh, fourth grade. And it's a very challenging curriculum in the upper years. Uh, well, the upper grades, meaning uh, third and fourth. Uh, my second grader, she's learned her multiplication tables up through nine. So, you know, it, it's a little bit more advanced, and that's what, that's what you're really looking for in self-teaching when you're starting with your young ones. You want to not overwhelm them. But um, I also... Um, what math curriculum are you using for algebra, geometry, algebra two? Saxon math. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. For the upper grade? Right. With Saxon mathematics, once they complete uh, algebra one and algebra two, or is it advanced math? Now, once they complete advanced math, they get a geometry credit because geometry is um, also in there. So Saxon does not have a geometry um, section. However, it's worked in within. It, it's kind of woven. Uh, in and out with the um, the advanced math, but um, this might be a good time to mention that we started out. Well, we didn't start out, but we did evolve into the Robinson curriculum, 
And that is a literature-based curriculum. I don't know how many folks are, are um, um, aware of the Robinson curriculum. Uh, it's, it's an excellent curriculum. Um, it's based on good books, and it, it's based on CDs. What we have done, um, my husband and I, um, and this goes along with the entrepreneurial spirit that um, can abound in your household, um, we had been using that curriculum, and my children were not able to pick up on the vocabulary because they were just little flashcards, and it it just wasn't working for us. And so I just devised a methodology um, of just classroom puzzles, word finds, any kind of activity I could do um, to help them learn and not memorize, but to learn the words. So I just shot off an email to our, uh, Dr. Art Robinson, who is originator of the curriculum saying hey i've done this are you interested in this about a month later i got a phone call <laughs> in the morning i was making breakfast in my pajamas and he's like i love your idea um will you do this for me i'd like to purchase this from you so my husband and i spent the next probably six months uh devising um a vocabulary supplement to the robinson curriculum which um tim and i refer to as an sat preparation course because that's really what it is so now we 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 are not purists with the Robinson curriculum. We print out the books, um, and you can get your ink if you're printing out books. You can really get a good deal on inkjets and refilled uh, ink and that sort of thing at EncoreInc.com. That's where Homes.com you purchase the ink because it's so much less expensive. It's the refilled um, off-brand ink, and it works exactly the same. Well, I'm sorry for that little plug there, but no, no, it just kind God, of yeah. might be. It just might be a blessing to somebody down the line. But Robinson curriculum, it's it's CDs. You print out the books. Excellent books. Um, we're not purists. Um, I do belong to a Yahoo group for um, Robinson curriculum users, and if any of y'all are listening, you now know the truth. I'm not a purist. But what we've gleaned from Dr. Robinson and speaking with him personally, he's a, a wonderful guy, um, is this self-learning methodology. It gave me the confidence to throw myself into this. Um, well, no, the opposite. Take myself out of the picture and let my children throw themselves into their work. So curriculum is up to you. What are you using for uh, history? For history? Um, actually, the Robinson curriculum has very, very good um, books. Now they're hard to read because they were written by, uh, like, the um, autobiography of uh, George Washington. Four volumes of it. If that doesn't take some reading, because it's, I mean, it's history written by the folks who made history, and that's oh, so their original source material. Exactly. But I'm one of those. I mean, I don't necessarily worry about gaps in my children's education because of their ability to find the answer. If there's something they don't know, they won't just let it go. They'll go, well, nine. that's not to say they always will, but nine times out of ten, if they don't know something, you know, they're not going to go on until they know it, and so they'll look for the answer. So I'm not worried about gaps, but I do like, I, I still, I like it's that teacher in me, um, and my teacher training that I like them to have the textbooks, and I love Abeka. Um, it, it's colorful, it's interesting, um, and it is. It just covers everything that I want them to know. Are you using Abeka mm -hmm. for science? Mm -hmm. We use Abeka science. 
Uh, but there again, um, we also use apologia. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it. That's how I've always pronounced it. Uh, apologia, um, chemistry. Uh, we're involved in a, um, a homeschool co-op. And I might get some questions about this, about high school material. Um, in our co-op, we have a woman who has a master's degree in biology and chemistry. And so we've been very blessed that my high school students have taken um, the classes with labs from her. And so they've gotten the lab work where if it were, if we were homeschooling with biology, what I would do is I would give them the, um, the biology book I wanted them to use, whatever it would be, and I'd say, go to it. If you have questions, see me. Um, but we don't happen to have fetal pigs or, you know, dead fish or that sort of thing just lying around to dissect. So we've been very fortunate to um, be able to plug into a co-op. Of course, you could also use the junior college classes for the lab, Absolutely. too. Absolutely. Do you Absolutely. have a foreign language program that's working for you? We have a foreign language program. Um, we're using um, PowerGlide Spanish. And um, I do supplement. Actually, um, I teach Spanish as a co-op up until this semester when life just got too busy. Um, but we do use the PowerGlide system. Um, to my knowledge, it's only Spanish 1 and Spanish 2. And I do supplement with a little bit of... Um, uh, verb conjugation workbook for that. I, but, my children use the Power Glide children's version. In fact, so I started with it too because it was so easy and so fun. Right, exactly. It is fun. And what I like about Power Glide is that you get conversational Spanish. You don't just learn words. Uh, it's presented in conversational format. So that's, that's really good. So well, Joanne, let's open up the call and take okay. another question. Sure. Thank you, caller. That was a 10-minute answer. That was really an excellent question. I'm sorry. <laughs> Next question, please, for Joanne Calderwood. All right. What is your website? Thank you, Joanne. She was wondering, can you tell us your website? In fact, do you have any um, materials or special reports or emails or any additional information you can offer our listeners? Well, that is an excellent question. First of all, um, our Homeschool Student Planner website can be reached several ways. First of all, um, it is www.homeschoolstudentplanner.com. And I know that's long, but it's to differentiate from other sites that are out there. So that would be H-O-M-E-S-C-H-O-O-L-S-T-U-D-E-N-T-P-L-A-N-N-E-R.com. Um now, on that site, uh, you can um, get a glimpse of the Homeschool Student Planner. What we're adding um, is a self-teaching manual, and that will be available by the end of this month. And it really, um, when, I self when I say self-teaching manual, that's exactly what it is. It's, you know, um, it, it addresses a lot of the questions that I've been asked at homeschool conferences and really just, um, I don't know, it just contains basically all the information you need to get started. Um, it's, it'll be available basically for printing costs because it's something that, um, with our Encore Inc. business and, um, EncoreInc.com is another way you can get to the, our homeschool website. 
and that would be E-N-C-O-R-E-I-N-K dot com. And our desire through our home businesses, whether it be the Encoring.com or the Homeschool Student Planner, is to be a blessing to other homeschoolers. Now, if you purchase our planners, you, I mean, you can purchase one and you have the right to print it off. If you've got, if you've got five children and you purchase one, you can, um, use it and print off and assemble planners for the other children. I mean, we don't, the only copyright we have, we just would ask that you would purchase one and then go from there. And if you want to use it to, you know, make your own for your other students, that's absolutely fine. I know but for the, my own children, though, they all wanted to have their own because it looks well, and powerful and it's pretty. And that is, when I say that the record keeping is motivational, you might be raising your eyebrows going, huh? But when your child has his or her own planner, child meaning any age student, um, it, it just changes their, their, their perception of schooling. Uh, for example, like I said, with my first grader, she'll cross it off and she's anxious to show what, when I get home, when I get home at midnight and she's still up. <laughs> because our family schedule is, 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 is different than most people's, which is, you know, fine. Um, which brings me to another point before I forget that uh, self-teaching can be done anywhere, anytime. It doesn't matter what your schedule is. If you're like us, my husband and I both work varying days, but we work at 2 to 11 for a major corporation, and um, I don't get home sometimes till midnight, but guess what? I've got eight children usually awake when I get home because that's when we have our family time. We'll sit out in the family room with candles lit or just talking because, you know, homeschooling is about the heart of your child, and Self-teaching, I haven't been asked this yet, but if I could just throw this in. Um, Self-teaching requires that you know your child's heart because somebody's going to ask me, how do you know they're really doing what they say they're doing? And that would be an excellent question. I know they're doing it because, A, I check from time to time, and now that we've been self-teaching for seven years, I check once a quarter because I know I can trust them. But that's just it. I know I can trust them. So, Joanne, let me see if I can summarize this, if I understand it. So, mm-hmm. in the self-teaching method, uh, you you um, use no, you don't do school at home, but you do use uh, textbooks and curriculum materials. And for your, you use a planner. And for your younger children, you assign uh, the week of assignments, mm-hmm. and then they do them. Either they can do, <laughs> excuse me, an hour of each, or they can go in depth and finish off the algebra book or you know, the writing mm-hmm. book, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then for your uh, high school students, they set the goals, and then uh, and then they plan out their day, and then you use testing to kind of confirm that they have learned. Is is that right? Is that an um, adequate uh, qu- a picture of it? Um, yes and no. Um, with the younger um, the younger ones, they are a little more confined because it's parent directed. I am letting them know what I like them to do. And I'll still ask them, so how many, you know, how many pages do you think we can do in your phonics this week? And, you know, and let them give me an idea. Now, that's a small scale. On a big scale, for example, we just started another nine-week period. And at the beginning of each nine weeks, I sit down with each child. And that's my, that's my touch point time with them because, and let me just throw in, I hope to not be working outside the home for very much longer. It's just having eight kids. It's been, <laughs> it's just 
been a financial necessity to do, but I hope to be able to come home and be a homeschool mom again. Um, that's my heart. But um, with the planners, um, with the older ones and the younger ones, when I sit down with them and go over their work with them, whether it's weekly with the uh, younger ones or on a quarterly basis with the older ones, that's my time with them. And um, we connect and they're excited because they've set their goals. They've, they've said, okay, I want to do this, this, I want to finish this book. And just like Christopher said yesterday of Helene, uh, he was saying he can finish a math book in two weeks. I'm going, yes, <laughs> because I, we, I do not have my children do math and science, at the, or, excuse me, science and history at the same time. I just, I don't forbid them. I mean, if they really want to, they may, but we don't chop it up like in little pieces like you would in a school where, you know, once a day you have 45 minutes on this and that. They are permitted to, um, the older ones are permitted to go at the pace that we've set at the beginning of the quarter. And if they go further than that, awesome, excellent. But I also firmly believe that every homeschool child should be getting A's. There is, there is no reason why a homeschool student should not be getting an A in a subject because if you are, if let's say you're going through Saxon math and your daughter runs into a problem and um, she doesn't understand something and she just does the work and you ask her what her grade was and she says, oh, an 82. Well, in our household, it would be, okay, bring me your book. Show me what you missed and tell me why you missed them and um, what's the correct answer. And so then they've learned it. And they know that we do not accept anything but excellence. And that's not to say every day is an excellent day. But they know that they need to be getting A's in everything they do. And, you know, for some students, for example, I had a, a child who, um, when we were doing time uh, in, with, in math, he was not ready to handle time. You know, it just was whew, way over his head. And this was at age, oh, probably six. So what I do, we, we skipped it. We skipped time. We went on, and he did great. And then at the end of the year, we went back, and he was ready for time. So, you know, so many different methodologies limit you and say you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this. With self-teaching, you do what you as a parent feel is best for your child, and the goal is not to have them get the highest scores possible on tests, although... That will be the outcome. I can almost promise you that. But the goal is to have your children develop that intrinsic sense, that intrinsic motivation, that sense of a job well done, done with excellence. I want my kids to develop a habit of doing their best to get that a sense of fulfillment and accomplishment that is going to hopefully follow them in whatever they do. You know, whether it be cleaning the kitchen, blah blah blah. It's all to be done with excellence, and Tim and I aren't ugly about it, but if someone doesn't do the kitchen with excellence, they're going to do it the next day, and if they still don't do it the next day, they're going to do it for a week. So, you know, they know what's expected, and that's important, too. Uh, with the self-teaching method, your child needs to know what you expect of them and allow them to exceed your expectations because they're going to they're gonna do that. That's just an excellent uh, ending, Joanne. I just don't feel like you could say anything better. It's, I wish we had more time. Ah, we're out of time? We're out of, can you believe it? It's five minutes still. Oh no. I, 
I have a list of seven more questions I want to ask you. <laughs> oh, well. But really, was would you come back in the summer teleconference oh, and talk again? You know I would. You know I would. And um, I, I'd love to talk to you some more. You know, what is the difference between self-teaching and the school-at-home method? You know, mm-hmm. how did you, what about the college prep, about the test right. prep that you've been doing? How mm-hmm. are you... Um, you know, managing your uh, house, you know, with the chores, with the children, right. all these questions that I'm sure other homeschoolers have as well. Well, that all that inf- information is contained in the self-teaching manual that we're going to make available on our website. Um, right now, it's ca- it's the one I use at our workshops, and I always hand them out. Um, it's got, it is such, you know, if you're in the winter blahs, this manual will pick you up. Um, and if you're thinking about self-teaching, um, it's got everything in there. I also would like to mention, if it's all right with you, that um, I'm available for personal consultations. But if you, if any of your listeners are interested in that, um, please send me an email at Joanne J O A N N E at uh, the easiest would be Homeschool Planner. I'm sorry, homeschoolstudentplanner.com. Or, would you repeat that again? There was sure. a click on the line. Sure. Um, if you're interested in personal consultations for the self-teaching method, you can email me at j-o-a-n-n-e at homeschoolstudentplanner.com. Or if it's easier, j-o-a-n-n-e at EncoreInc.com, which is E-N-C-O-R-E-I-N-K.com. Well, thank you very much for being with us. Uh, we're going to open up the call in just a minute so that everyone can say uh, goodbye and thank you to you. Uh, coming up next, we're going to be speaking with Pat Wyman, who's known as America's Most Trusted Learning Expert. Uh, we have interviewed uh, Pat uh, last summer and the summer before, and she always has excellent information. Today she's going to be talking about uh, vision therapy. Uh, my son has macular degeneration, which is an eye disease, and because of he was supposed to be blind and have only light and shadows by the time he was Thursday, uh, 30, but because of vision therapy, uh, he's going to be uh, getting his driver's license coming up. Wow. Um, also, I have a daughter who uh, loves to, uh, who gets you know straight A's, good student, but doesn't read for pleasure. And it ends up that uh, she needed some vision therapy because her eyes just weren't tracking well enough, which is kind of common with uh, left-handers. So this is uh, vision therapy is um, it's not taught by regular uh, eye screenings where you stand in front of a chart. So I think you'll really be interested in this interview. And uh, Pat has a free uh, IQ inventory, kind of a vision test for vision therapy on her website as well that we'll be talking about. And that's coming up in four minutes. So uh, thank you, everyone, for being on the call. Uh, please join me. I'm going to open up the lines. You can say uh, goodbye and thank you to Joanne Calderwood. Thank you. Thank you, thank you very much, Joanne. Thank you, Joanne. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you so thank much, you. Joanne. Thank you. You are all welcome. I just hope it all kind of made sense. <laughs> Joanne, our appetite for it, Joanne. Hello. Yes. I do have one quick question for you. Do we have That's time, okay, Rebecca? Yes, we do. We don't start our next interview for three minutes, so go okay. ahead. Great. Okay. Um, you were just talking about vision and all that. 
I am visually impaired and planning on homeschooling a homeschooling my sighted child. Your seventh? My sighted. Oh okay. okay. I'm visually impaired. Okay, okay. I have what's known as optic atrophy. Oh my and I'm just curious if you what you think of the self teaching method for someone in this situation, mostly because my education stinks. Well, I come from that kind of background, too, public school and that sort of thing. But um, I think it would be absolutely what you would want. Then I will email you at one of those two email addresses Mm -hmm. that you just gave. Please do. So that we can talk more in depth because my big thing right now is trying to find a curriculum that would work for, for me, because I would, I keep feeling that I need to know everything before I teach her. No, you don't. That's the beauty. You're the mom. You don't have to know everything. Well, that, I don't know enough about homeschooling. I mean, I've only been looking at it for four months, but I don't know enough about it to, you know, please go give me a holler. I will be more than happy to speak with anybody. Um, I'm just, I just wish we had more time, but, um, there's just there's just so much uh, freedom in self-teaching, and if if that's all you remember from this particular con- teleconference is self-teaching gives you homeschooling freedom. Because I've actually looked at the Robinson curriculum, mm-hmm. and it's everything I look at. It's becoming very daunting. It's scary. It you know. Because of my 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 poor reading skills and everything, I'm I'm learning Braille right now, so that I can wow. hopefully help her. Wow! And so it's just it's overwhelming. So oh, you have a, little, a few more challenges, but they can be overcome. And I know uh, at homeschool.com, they she uh, Rebecca has just done an awesome job and has so many different um, resources available. They're on their website, but by all means, feel free to give me an email to sign. I will, and I wish I could hang out for the next one, which I really would love to, but unfortunately, I need my phone to monitor my daughter. She's going to wake up soon, and I have to catch her if she's doing something she shouldn't, and my phone is a room monitor. <laughs> so I'm going to have to get off of here. All righty. Well, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, Rebecca. Thank you very much. Thanks, Joanne. You are welcome. And bye bye. We hope you have enjoyed this special presentation from homeschool.com. For a copy of this program or any homeschool.com program, visit our website at www.homeschool.com. At homeschool.com, you'll find the information, resources, and support you need to make your homeschooling better than ever. You've got the power.